Across America, over 100 million people are now in some form of lockdown. What am I going to do with four hundred industries have ground to a halt. You pick the 26,000 people who are going to die. Major airlines and hotel chains fearing they will not survive as viable businesses. So I think Easter Sunday and you'll have packed churches all over our country. Shandizzle. Mikey Hazel. It is a wonderful day. Feeling good? I, I'm i feeling good. I, I ended a nice bonfire for this. Yeah. So. Well, you did that. I didn't. You text me, so. Yeah, and you're like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's. I just, I happen to be awake. Let's start the, uh, the episode off with a jello shot. Here Salute. we go. Mm-mm-mm. I've gotten really good at these. So you're actually using shot glasses. Yeah, I haven't pulled the trigger on uh, the two ounce throwaway. What was that word? Disposable. Yeah. So we're using, or I'm using a two ounce disposable from Amazon. I get like a hundred of these for I don't know six dollars or something like that. Maybe less. Yeah, but it's not essential, um, so I wouldn't get it until, like, June. Yeah, I, I think it did take two weeks to get here. I left a little on the rim. I had to clean it out with my tongue. <laughs> but as I showed you before, I have Detroit here. Yeah. So that shot was for Detroit. Represent. There you go. Represent. Yeah, honestly... I'm kind of being lazy. I don't want to use my shot glasses, even though I've got way too many shot glasses. I've got enough to where I could uh, do a, a nice batch of jello shots with it. But yeah, man, I was sitting out at the fire tonight. I got a bunch of boxes that needed to be burned, mm. and I refused to uh, put them in the recycle bin. So, um,. I'd rather them be burned to ash, especially if the news is and the doctors are correct that COVID lives on boxes. So, like, we're supposed to. Um, I haven't heard that. Yeah. So, um, apparently, there's people that are contracting COVID by bringing Amazon packages into their home without disinfecting them. I have so, thought about that, especially not even just Amazon, but like you used Instacart, you know? Sure. And they deliver your groceries and then it's like, yeah, sure. I'm not going out, but like, I don't know what you touched. Sure. That's the thing, right? So if the person delivering your packages has COVID or is maybe they're asymptomatic, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I guess the thing is that COVID can live on boxes on certain surfaces for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And um, what they're oh, suggesting, yeah. I don't know if it's the CDC or whoever is suggesting that you leave the packages on your porch for at least 24 hours uh, before you bring <laughs> it into your house. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. And then you spray it with Lysol or disinfect it however you can before you bring it 
or when you bring it into your house, you disinfect it. You take everything out of the boxes and then you immediately throw the boxes away. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, that's retarded. (laughs) Well, like most people, we get boxes and stuff in from Amazon several times a week. So that's a lot. And then we've been using Instacart. So our groceries, you know, or you order pizza, they just lay it on your porch and walk away. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't feel comfortable spraying every single box, if especially if I know it has perishables in it, like a pizza or some vegetables or something like that. Well, plus, who's going to leave your pizza out there for 24 hours? Well, you're not going to do it. That's the, that's the point, right? You're not going to do it. You're going to bring that pizza in. You're going to start eating it right away. I mean, you can wash um, your hands, but yeah. They even say, though, if you go get um, carryout from somewhere, that you should... Just dump everything into your own plates or whatever, and then start eating. Don't eat directly from the... Well, you know, sometimes I get lazy. Most of the time I get lazy. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather eat the pizza out of the box and not dirty a plate. If I've got a salad in a plastic container, I'd rather eat the salad out of that plastic container instead of, you know, like... Seriously, I'm going to get COVID because somebody prepared my salad and, you know, whatever. Yeah. There is a, I understand being careful, but then the logical side of me says, (laughs) I'm I'm not going to say what the logical side of me says. Well, here's, Um, here's what I've been doing. Yeah. So if we do Instacart, right? Or if I have to go out and get a few things, which we limit, right? Yeah. For obvious reasons. Um, I'll come in, I'll empty all the stuff out of the bags or whatever. Or if it's left on our porch, you know, we get notified or they knock or whatever. I bring all the stuff in, I unload the bags, I throw the bags away, and then I wash my hands thoroughly. And if I go out sure. to a store, now what I'm going to do, and what I've done in the last time I went out, is I wait and shower. I plan when I'm going out so that I can essentially do the same thing. I come in with all the, I empty all the stuff, put it where it needs to go, throw the bags away, wash my hands, and then I shower, throw those clothes into the washer. That way, you know, we're cleaner, I guess, you know? But I'm not spraying down my fucking loaf of bread with Lysol. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not a thing for me, at least. You know what I mean? Sure. So I feel like we're trying to be as safe as possible. But, I mean, how much is too much? You know what I mean? Yeah, so we don't know how much is too like, much. Like, who's going to because... be deboing your Amazon if you leave it out there for 24 hours? And for all you millennials um, who are like, what's Debo mean? That means to steal. <laughs> <laughs> and I live in an apartment complex, so like, I don't know all my neighbors yet. You know what I mean? My grandmama gave me that chain. What chain? Debo. <laughs> <laughs> People who know what we're talking about are chuckling. 
<laughs> the others are fast forwarding. Can I get that bike? Can I get my bike? Oh, dude. What bike? <clears throat> Debo. Did you get what, the, you, uh, you... the link I <laughs> saved? I'm still on uh, Friday references. Come on, bro. What you got on my 40, homie? Debo. <laughs> did you get that link I sent you from YouTube? I, I did, but I did not. I didn't listen to it. I didn't watch it yet, but I did see that it was like basically uh, killing me, bro. that song. I know, right? I know this you know the song. T-Pain, Chopped and Screwed. T-Pain featuring Luda. <laughs> and you are actually right with the title. Here it is. No, I don't know the song. You've officially to... been chopped and screwed. Screwed, screwed, no. chopped, chopped, screwed, screwed. I do not know the song. I though. think you do. Once you hear the chorus. Okay. I'll take a listen to it again. Not to be racist, try. but... <laughs> Seriously, I'm... How does a, a little white behind. man? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. I'm sure there's some songs that I know that are white people songs, if if I can use that term loosely, uh, that you don't know. All right. First one that comes to your mind. Go. I can't think of one right. Now. Insert crickets here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there are, though. There, there has Listen, to be to some be songs fair, that I know that you don't know. I'm pretty sure T.I., T.I., T-Pain, and Luda, Ben, have been known who they market in. Because white people love that shit. No question about if it. If we're trying like, to bring uh, race into this, which I did, and I admittedly you probably should not have... Maybe not. Because here comes the token white statement. I'm not racist. Yeah, sure. Which obviously means that you are. <laughs> oh, yeah, even a little bit. Uh, no, there's no. At, at the end of the day, for real, I there's a lot of music that I have completely missed because Dude. I just honestly didn't care for it. Well, and there's like, so like, much like, music, man. No, there is, but for me, I'm, I don't know, dude. I'm so old school. Unfortunately, like forever I've been called, and I'm sure you've been called this too, an old soul. <laughs> right? Not on this podcast. <laughs> I've been called an old soul. So I listen to a lot of Motown and old school 70s, 80s music that I am very familiar with. And honestly, it was back in the day when music was actually played on instruments and wasn't synthesized yeah. like that. You know, where people actually sang and sounded good and moved the soul. <laughs> and they didn't need auto-tune. They didn't need auto-tune. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's all and so honestly, I, and maybe I am just old in that I can't appreciate music like that that's auto-tuned. I just can't. It just sounds like a c computerized shit. I don't like it. 
Wow. It doesn't do anything you for me. You are just pulling out the big guns. <laughs> Seriously, man. You know, like, if you... I'm sure you've paid attention to a lot of my snaps. I actually I don't play, even follow you anymore on Snapchat, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of videos of Max jumping up and down listening to old school music. Like, we were listening to Rick James earlier today. Who? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rick James, Who? bitch. So, so Rick James, he has a song that's completely super dirty and inappropriate. But I really believe that Max loves it. <laughs> of course. He loves it because the music is awesome. The beat is incredible. It's jumping. I see I him jumping to it. I don't even want to sing the song right now. I think you should. But super freak, super freak. She's super freaky, y'all. That's that's Rick James. Who? Okay. Rick James. Who? She's she's a very freaky girl. Okay, I'm done with the who's. I think people get it. The kind you don't take home to mother. <laughs> she will never let your spirits down. If you get her off the street, yeah. I, I mean, she likes the boys in the band. <laughs> <laughs> she says that I'm her all-time favorite. You're really going with this, are you? Dude, I'm, I'm, it's a great song. It's a great song. Like, it, when it came out, I mean, you could just imagine our parents dancing to this song at the disco, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's an incredible song. It's got a great beat. It's moving. It's jumping. And every time it comes on, because I'll just say, Alexa, play play old school or, or play Motown or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and guaranteed, Rick James is going to come on. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. Right. He loves it. That girl's a super freak. Super freak. Super freaky. Exactly. So. That's what it is, though. It's stuff that moves you. Yeah, but, but not just that. But I really have an appreciation for music when, like, he says, he literally says in the song, she likes the boys in the band, but I'm her all-time favorite. He literally had a band behind him as he was singing. These guys, they don't have a band. Everything is over the computer. Everything is synthesized. It's not music, in my opinion. That's where it gets a little gray, though. Well, yeah. I mean, because, okay, so creatively, is it music? Yes, it's, it's, it's sound. It's sound. It is sound. Uh, but there is no one literally playing an instrument. Yeah, the and the talent level at that point comes into question, which is a whole other can of worms. I get that. So so back in so I'm an engineer. I do everything on the computer. My entire job is over the computer. I can design you anything i can design the computer that we're talking on the microphone i can design a cup 
I can design a monitor, a car, a motorcycle, anything. I can put anything together. I'm mechanically sound to be able to put anything together. And I can draw it Except on a computer. Except a baby bouncer. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but no, but even, even a baby bouncer, I understand how it mechanically goes together and how it's supposed to move. I understand loads. I understand the the mass and how it all goes together, motion, blah 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 blah. That's what and she I can said. draw it all in math. But here's the thing: sixty years ago, seventy years ago, they didn't have the computer to do that. They actually had to draw it out by hand. Yeah, they actually had to, you know, use rulers and scales and curves and and points and lines and planes to be able to put something like that together sure and so there is so for those that are still working today that remember those that are working to get today in the automobile industry or mechanical engineers or whatever that worked on the board before computers came into existence they have a a a keen awareness of what it takes to to actually put something together versus these people that are coming in straight out of college with a four-year degree or five-year degree in mechanical engineering that have never changed their own oil or changed a tire or they don't know how their suspension works in their vehicle they don't and I can nerd out about this all day long. Yeah, They just don't know because they've never done it. The only thing that they know is how the math is supposed to work. But they don't really know hands-on experience the way things are actually mechanically supposed to work. They don't know anything about gears and pulleys and and dial pins. And well, they know the theory to- of it is what you're saying. Yeah, they know the theory, but they don't know the application. Yeah. Exactly. So So you go. So so <laughs> So so my point is is like bringing that back to music. These new artists that they hear a sound that comes from a computer and they're like, "Oh, this is dope." Or can we like bump up the volume here and 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 just build up to this point before the beat drops and drop the beat right here and increase the bass at this point. Let, let, let the beat drop. There is a skill set to that. I understand that there is a skill set to that. But I also understand that, like you and I both know, because it takes a drummer to really put that shit in. Yeah. Right. It it takes a bass player to follow the drummer to really put that shit in. And if you don't have real live instruments there to actually do that, it just it taints the whole thing for me. <laughs> so so T Pain, T I, I don't care who you want to talk about in the last twenty years, they're not playing real instruments and they're not they're not making music with real instruments there there's keyboards and there's soundboards that put all of this stuff in together and and though you may have a sound engineer that's putting this stuff together for you 
if they don't know how to play an instrument. It's just kind of like, just sounds like noise to me. So I, I guess I'm old. I, I don't know. I, I think I, there's I, good and I don't, I don't know. Not good in that. It's just like technology in general. I mean, <clears throat> we used to have to milk cows by hand and pick cotton by hand and you know plow corn by hand and churn butter by hand and now we've developed technology to simplify it make it faster to get the same result so now you're born in a generation where why the fuck would I go make butter when I can go buy it for three bucks at a grocery store right. I'm not going to spend all the time Like I'm not, first off I don't have the cattle second off I don't have the time you know what I'm saying and th- those are good yeah. things but I, I, I get that I totally get that because I think honestly like right like uh, T-Pain right I don't know if he's a musician I don't know what I do know is he makes something that's entertaining that I enjoyed that sure I don't know when that song came out I'd have to google it but and under yeah. a decade later I still am like remember and talking about on this podcast that I enjoyed and it's a catchy thing and yeah, it was fun. Then you talk to musicians and they're like, well, you see if you let's drop that down to D and recompose the chorus in C and then let's have, you know, like they get super like into the theory of music and like, they can hear a note and be like, yeah, it's a D flat. Yeah. I don't know if T Pain can do I that or not. I have no fucking idea. I don't know either. I just know that his music is computerized shit at this point. Yeah, shit might be too harsh. Mm. While you're telling me that I'm being too harsh. Yeah, even as like, dude, I grew up playing the drums. Like I studied so a minute part, I'll give you that. I haven't gone full into music theory, but I went just far enough to know a little bit. I can sit at a piano and tinkle around. I can pick up a guitar and play some chords and blah, blah, blah. Tinkle? You can tinkle around or tinker around? I like to say tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah. I appreciate musicianship that's why like all right so last night one of my top bands gets on twitch every friday and dude he sings with an acoustic guitar and i swear on everything i know that that is truth in life he sounds exactly the same fucking way than he does on the records that they produce as a full band Right? That to me is like, I'm in, bro. I appreciate what you do. You are an artist. You understand music. Like, that is dope. And then you have these musicians, air quote musicians, right? Who go to concerts and they're auto tuned or they're lip lip syncing or they just sound horrible. And it's like, oh, dear God. 
you're so over-processed. Like, it was just a commercial value. It's not about the music. And that is the difference to me. Because, like, if you can get on a computer... Dude, our fucking intro and outro, I didn't make... It's GarageBand samples that I said, yeah, that sounds good there. This sounds good here. Let's put that there. And I orchestrated this like little song. I'm not a musician in that aspect. I just produced this thing that was already made, and I took all these different elements. Granted, I had to have the creativity to decide which elements go where to sound good. But that's completely different than if, like... I'm sitting there composing each note on the instrument and recording and making this thing. You know what I mean? That's why I'm saying there's a dichotomy of technology's great and also the real value of authentic musicianship is great as well. You know what I mean? I do, 100%. Dude, our intro music and our outro music is brilliant. It's and I us. can't even take the credit. I literally yes, you can just no. took samples of stuff and made no, a thing. You can't take the credit. It's the same thing T Pain has done. Come on, that's what I'm saying. But to me, T Pain's not a musician. Like you, I don't consider myself a musician because I took samples and said, "Oh yeah, that sounds good there," and this thing goes really good with this. And then here, we're going to break it down to this level, and then we're going to come back at this point with this thing. That, to me, is not a musician. You're just producing a thing that's already made from samples, you know? Okay, so now that you're, like, coming over to my side, let me go back to your side, and I will say... (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. wait. Jello shot number two. Yeah, 25 minutes in, let's do it, I guess. This one's for Boston. Boston kid. Salute. Cheers. Salute. All right. Go to my side. So, to your point, it may not be considered a musician skill, but I would say that it is creative. And so, I I don't want to, in my rant, opposing someone like T-Pain or Lil Wayne or anybody else, because I love Lil Wayne. I don't too much care for T-Pain, but I do love Lil Wayne. And so I will say that it is creative. And therefore, even though I don't appreciate the music, I, I, I can appreciate the fact that it is creative. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I may not like it, but I will say that it is extremely creative and that it takes a passion in order to produce something that good. So obviously people love it. And so there are people out there that appreciate the, the value that, you know, whatever it brings, whatever. Um, it is creative. So I will appreciate the creativity. But I don't necessarily like the music. Sure. So, um, and it's the same thing with anything else, right? Yeah. So uh, there's there's art, and then there's abstract art. 
it's still creative. Well, and the further down that chain you go, <clears throat> you realize people argue that the whole thing about being artistic or creativity in general is it's just based on something that you've seen before and you recreate yourself. So how authentic is it? Have you ever heard that? Yes. Which is kind of interesting because it's like, well, I was inspired because of what I saw and then I created. And then it's like, yeah, but you didn't just create from nothing. You were inspired. So you're taking what you experienced and interpreting that yet again. Sure. It's a slippery slope. So at the end of the day, it is. Uh, So I I guess the, the proper term for it would be subjectivity. Right? You've got things that are objective, that are based on fact, or based on, you know, whatever. And then you get things that are subjective, that are based on just feeling. How does it make you feel? It doesn't matter how it computes to the brain. How does it make you feel? Yeah. And that's what this type of music does. And the fact is, is that even the music that is played on actual instruments, it's still subjective. And it's still creative. The creativity isn't lost between playing an instrument and dialing in a specific track based off of some computer programming. It's still subjective at the end of the day. And so all I'm saying is that subjectively, I don't appreciate it. I don't care for it. But like I said, I I guess I'm just fucking getting old, dude. I'm almost 40. I'll I'll be 40 in a couple years. I'll be 38 this year. Ouch. And that's nothing. Damn. That's nothing. I'm a baby still. Um, So, yeah. Now that I feel like shit, why do you feel like shit? Because <laughs> you always like shitting on. <laughs> I'm old and I'm shitting on this guy's music that he's probably older than I am at this point. And made way more money than you'll ever see in your life. Oh my god! Okay, there you go. Pile on. Now the depression sets yeah. in. Anyway, um, so I was thinking about our last conversation about um, how to get out of the rut and. Um, I came to a conclusion that I'd like to share with Please you. Please do. So we're all quarantined or sheltering in place, whatever you want to call it. And I talked about on the last podcast how I've gotten out of the groove of certain things that are important to me. Yeah. And we try to, we discussed how possibly to get back into the routine. And as I thought about it more and more, because sometimes I actually think about our conversations long after we've had the conversations. Oh, dude, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have gone into this point. Yeah. So, so here's, well, I didn't think about it for that purpose. I thought about it for really the purpose of actually trying to get out of the rut. Sure. It was more of a self-evaluation type of deal. Type of deal. 
um, I came to the conclusion that it's okay that I got into a rut. <laughs> and sometimes, if you think about it, like, so I live in Michigan, and when we're driving in the snow, and you start fishtailing, it's the best. It is quite fun, yes, and quite scary it's also at the same scary time. So. <laughs> yeah. But what do you do? What do you do when you get into that to that rut in the snow? Are you asking? No, no, no. I'm not. It's rhetorical. Well, damn. Because I had a response. Um, okay, <laughs> give me your response. <laughs> no, no, no. It, I don't it, wanna, it, I don't it might help my point. You. Okay, okay. All right. I appreciate that. Here, here's what I do. You just go with it. That's what I was going to say. Perfect. You just go with it. So you get into a rut. You can fight it. And you can step on the gas and try your hardest to get out of that rut. And the only thing you're going to do is go deeper into the rut. Make it worse. Yep. Make it a lot worse. But if you've got momentum and then you hit a rut, the best thing to do is to lay off the gas. Take it easy. Take it easy, Kit. And then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Take it easy, kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, see, back in my day. <laughs> I, I just think that it's okay. Yeah. And that um, basically you settle into a moment. You have a moment in time where you just fall away from what you're doing. But then, in time, you eventually will pick it back up. And no matter how much time has passed, it's okay. So, like, fine. If I don't pick this book up that has already been sitting on my desk for a week, let's say I pick it up a week from now, and I've had two weeks off of reading a a good book, I could have already had that book read in two weeks had I stayed consistent. Mm Mm-hmm. But so what? Who cares? Who is it hurting if I don't read this book for another two weeks? Who is it hurting if I don't go over these scriptures that I've been memorizing for two weeks? It's not hurting anybody. I can just go with it. So I take a hiatus. And I pick it back up in a couple weeks. What's the big deal? There isn't. There isn't a big deal. It's not a big deal. So, who cares? It's the same thing with anything. And and just the more I thought about it, it was like, you know what, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Who cares? I'm quarantined right now. Yes, I have all the time in the world. And and even though I might slip on some of the things that are important, there are other things that I'm doing. It's not like I'm sitting with my thumb up my ass doing nothing, right? Like I'm still spending time with my wife and with my son and enjoying time that I wouldn't have had had I not been quarantined. Yeah. So what? If I sit down and I watch... 17 episodes of The Office with a wife. 
and I didn't get to read a good book, or I didn't get to journal, or I didn't read my Bible, or I didn't read these scriptures, or whatever. We're on season eight, by the way, now. Holy shit, man. So, I, who cares? I've taken a hiatus. The wife has still been watching, and she's been progressing through the office, and I might catch an episode with her here or there, but I'm not sitting down with her watching it every single time she's watching it. Yeah. Who cares? She's not sitting down with me at every fire that I have. You know? She's not working out with me in the basement every time I work out. Sometimes she goes after me and she's not with me. Fine, it doesn't matter. Eventually, we're going to catch back up again and get back in sync. And she'll be working out with me. And then I'll be watching the show with her. So... Even though you hit a rut, I think the key is actually not to beat yourself up and step on the gas so hard that you dig yourself deeper into the rut, like i.e. depression and anxiety and anger and frustration and all that stuff. Just let the expectations go, and then because it's really important to you, you'll pick it back up when it's time to pick it back up. So, like, memorizing scripture for me really is important. So, I'm going to go back to it. It might take, I might take a few days off. It's not something to, it's not a cross to, to fucking die on. I'll pick it back up. I love reading. Reading has always been a part of my life. And so, because it's always been a part of my life, it's not like I'm never going to read this book. I will pick it up and I will start reading it. It's not going to escape me because it's something that I value. I value reading books and learning and growing personally as a person. Personally as a person. Is that right? I get you. You get me. My health is important to me. I only got one life. I only got one body. I can't get a replacement. Regardless of what the Hindus say about reincarnation. <laughs> I only got one body and I got to take care of it. So even if I take some time off from working out. <clears throat> I will get back to it because my body is important to me. And you can argue, well, you know, you might slow down your gains or you might slow down your progress, whatever the case may be. But yeah. you're still alive, aren't you? Like, you, you're going to get back to it. And so that's my thought process that I've had. Um, instead of trying to figure out a way to fix myself, to get myself out of the rut, I've determined that the rut is only a short-term season, and I'll come out of it when I'm ready to. And you can't rush me, and I can't rush myself. And I will get back to the stuff because these are things that I value in my life. Yeah. One might even argue that the rut is necessary at times. Ooh. You fancy, huh? You know what I mean? I do. Because, I, do. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that right now because I've had a couple drinks and a 
two jello shots, but <laughs> <laughs> I do think the whole saying of it's not about the fall, it's about how you get back up. You know, I, I feel like that's saying because there's some truth in it. And, you know, when you fall and I'm air quoting here, falling as like, oh man, I should be reading more or I should be eating better or I should be fill in the blank. At that point, you're focused on the negative. You're focused on, well, I used to be doing this thing and now I'm not and I need to do it again. Sure. But at least to me, you take the focus off of, well, why were you doing those things? Why are, you know, like, what's the, like, you're focused on the negative. You're focused on the, oh, I suck. Oh, I'm a piece of shit. And that's not motivational. To some weird fucks out there, that might be motivational. But, like, to most people, if you keep telling yourself you're a piece of shit because of X, Y, and Z, you're not motivating yourself. You're just keeping yourself in the rut. Like, if you're in a hole <clears throat> that's, you know, 20 feet deep, and you're like, oh my god, I'm 20 feet deep from being outside of this thing. Like, how am I supposed to even get out of this shit? Like, how do I even get here? Like, why am like, that's depressing, you know? That's not motivational. So, I'm losing my train of thought on that one, but. <laughs> when you shift yeah, your mind from like, yeah, right now I'm not doing these things, but it's all good. I'm going to do them again. Yeah. I'm going to, I can do them again. I want to do them again. Versus, well, I need to, I have to. Because honestly, that probably goes back to like some biblical time shit of like law based thinking. You can't do this, and you can't do this, and you can't do this. Yeah. Well, that's Rules. the shit that we want to do, right? Yeah. I mean, even yeah. Paul said our heart is deceitful. I find myself yeah. doing the things that I don't want to do, and the things that I need to do, I don't do. Yep. That's biblical, man. That's Romans chapter 7. <clears throat> yes. Get it. We all go through those seasons. So if you focus yep. your mindset, maybe, from like, it's okay. I'm going to get back to it. Right now, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I don't know, because that's a slippery slope, too. You can get caught in the hole. It, it is. But you know what, though? Romans 8 and 1, bro. There's therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Mm. And, and the thing is, is the fact that... Right now, I'm you know, walking we, on vodka spirit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's that's a very specific spirit. Bad joke. <laughs> the the fact is though is that you know we ebbs and flows, right? We we all go through seasons of highs and lows, and you can. The fact is, is that nobody bats a thousand. No one does. You're gonna miss it, right? Like the the best. Like if you got a batter in baseball, uh, we're going to, going right back to sports now. <clears throat> you got a batter in baseball that hits a three fifty. 
them angry patchers. They are just back again, bro. <laughs> holy shit. Oh, that was not right, holy. Cool. That was not holy at all. Uh, you know, you got a batter that's hitting 350, man, and they are, you know, they're the designated hitter. You know, you hit 350. That's a designated hitter right there. That's the one that everybody is showing up at the stands to see. Yeah. You know, that means that they're hitting, you know, just over three out of ten. That's not much, man. That's not much. That's a lot. That's seven misses. That's over seven misses. Uh, so a lot more than that, actually. So the fact is, is that, you know, none of us are perfect. Pobody's nerfic. Pobody nerfic, bro. And, and, uh, seriously, bro. I don't know, man. We got to cut each other and cut ourselves a whole lot of slack. You know? You know, and, and, and honestly, that's the whole lesson of grace, right? Recognizing that nobody deserves it. Yeah. But we all have it. You know? Titus 2, 11 and 12. The grace of God that it has appeared to all men that, that leads men to salvation. Or, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. We all have it if we're willing to take it, brother. We all have it if we're willing to take it. And then... <sighs> Our ability to give it is based on our ability to receive it. It's totally crazy, bro. Yeah. The more we understand our necessity for God, the more we're able to give patience and kindness and love and grace to other people. A.K.A. be more like him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, give yourself a little bit of grace, recognizing that you're not going to bet a thousand. You're not going to be 100%. I did count the cards that I have. These uh, little silly cards that I have. Scripture cards? Yeah. 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 There's 30 of them here. There's 30. Well, well, you should be doing more. I should be doing more. You piece I, of shit. I should shit. be doing a whole lot more. And, and you, you know what? There are a few of these out of this 30 that I keep messing up and believe me I, I I've had times where I've kicked myself and I'm like dude you knew these scriptures before why are you struggling with them right now well it just is what it is and I'm going to struggle and I'm doing this just for me like I'm not preaching this Sunday well that's <laughs> the thing the fact that you're um, even doing it and you recognize that to you, it's a failure that you can't memorize all 30. But to me, I'm not doing any fucking scripture memorization right now. So, like, the fact that you're doing it and then beating yourself self up over the fact that you don't know them all yet, like, you're still doing it. I'm trying. But that's my... Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm uh, not yeah, trying. Yeah, I'm a more sure. piece of shit than you are and you're trying to beat yourself up because you don't know four of them <laughs> yeah well yeah but and, and and my point is is that 
So really, I I'm the piece myself of shit grace. is what I'm saying. No, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. So, so what I'm saying is that I have to give myself grace in my failure or in my shortcomings. They're not necessarily failures, but they are shortcomings, if you will. I, like I'm falling short. I'm not getting it yet. I'm working towards it. We, we have to give each other and ourselves grace. Just like Paul said, he said, I count not myself to have apprehended. Yeah. But the one thing I do, I forget the things in the past, and I press forward to the, to the, to the mark, the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Wait, my hanky, is, that, bro. Is, is that a hanky? <laughs> <laughs> That, that that's the truth though you know and and i i don't think any of us would ever consider ourselves as great as paul who wrote 13 books 12 or 13 books out of the 27 in the new testament we we're not comparing ourselves to paul right paul himself said hey look i i haven't arrived i haven't gotten there yet I, i'm still a fucking failure and a piece of shit that's what paul was saying yeah so I'm looking at this and I'm like like fuck man I I haven't picked up the book yet. It's been sitting on my desk for a week. I'm a piece of shit. Like I could have been halfway through the book already had I picked it up on day 1 and read it. But like the bookmark that I that I placed in the book is still on the forward. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to chapter one yet. I wrote this book in uh, 2002 because you know what though? Paul also says, "I press on." Yeah, towards. Think about that. Forward, pressing towards forward towards the mark of the prize. Yeah, absolutely. Trying to get there, but you're um, doing. You're pressing. I'm pressing. Yes, I'm pressing. I am pressing. And I am impressed. I'll get there. With your pressing. I'm I'm depressed sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, you got to do it, right? Like, you got to do something. I, at the end of the day, we're all quarantined. You got to do something to better yourself. Like, if, if you're doing nothing at all, then I, I guess our encouragement is... Hey, listen, we we suck at the stuff that we're doing, but we're at least trying. And so we're pressing. If you if you at least try something, you'll be better tomorrow than you are today. Dude, I feel like this kind of goes with what we're talking about. So I'm going to bring it up. I was talking with my mom today <clears throat> mm-hmm. and I'm not going to tell you the details, but in the gist of things, we came around to scripture and she quoted something from the old Testament. I was like, well, you can't just blanket statement that like you're not a Jew. And that was written <laughs> for a very specific time. And for you to claim that in today, it's kind of like, well, you, you need to understand some stuff. And she had a rebuttal and we're just talking. And it was a, an awesome conversation. Like I'm super proud that she, she totally like dove into the word and like researched stuff and was like, this is what this means. And, <clears throat> you know, and it was, it was a cool conversation. 
And it got me thinking, like, man, everything she's telling me I already knew. And that's not the point. I'm not, and I, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, I know all, because I don't fucking know shit. But when she's talking right. to me, I'm just thinking, like, man, I remember studying that scripture. But I don't remember some of it. So it kind of makes me want to go back and, like, read it and open a concordance and read some commentary and like get back into it again, you know? And, uh, I don't know, man, maybe that's something we bring on this podcast in the future, but like, yeah, just getting back to like literally studying God's word and what it means. And honestly, before what it means now, what it meant then, because I feel like we can't, we can't really fully understand what it means now until we use, understand what it meant then, and who it was meant to, and why. Sure. And now we can sure. interpret. It's what it means now to us. You know? Does that make any sense? Agreed. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, because the uh, the the Bible wasn't necessarily written for the Americans, Gentiles. Right? Yeah. Right. No. Definitely. Every single <laughs> every single book in the New Testament was written. Like if we're New Testament air quotes, New Testament believers, we're not under the Old Testament law. Right? Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on, bro. You you got ducks flying around <laughs> your house. Loud ones. <laughs> Everywhere. Wow. You better shoot some of those ducks this dinner. Um, every single book, all, all 27 books in the New Testament were written specifically to people, a, a specific people. Yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, written to all four different people. Okay. And then Acts, written to the church, the church that existed after the resurrection. Um, Romans was written to the Romans. I, I, you just go on. The Galatians was were written to the Galatians. Yeah, it was all a specific purpose. Yeah, Ephesians. These are not just names of the books. These are letters that were written to a specific people. Um, the Thessalonians were written to the Thessalonians. Yeah. Like, I, when you break down Scripture, you really have to ask certain questions as you're reading it. What time was it written? Who was it written to? Who was it written by? What was going on at that time? What was the culture of, the, of that people? You have to consider all of those things when you're reading a specific book, 66 books that make up the Bible. 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. And every single one of those books were written to, to you know... At a specific time for a specific reason to a specific people. Yes. And you have to consider it that way. Otherwise, you're going to take it out of context. And when you take scripture out of context, it is no longer applicable to your point. Dude, and right there, that is it. That right there is fucking it. Because so many people claim shit. And they look like fucking wackos when it doesn't happen. 
and then people judge Christianity and Christ followers, I should say, to be more specific, as fucking ignorant dumbasses. And that is why. Sure. It's a lack of education and a lack of... What's another word? Research? I don't even know. Understanding. Comprehension. Like, your faith is built on these feel-good, ear-tickling, fucking bullshit sermons that you take out of place because you haven't... You haven't (laughs) researched your own faith. (laughs) Right. But, you know, what? these messages, these feel-good messages that they're putting out there, if they're not making it applicable to today then not only are they wrong as the minister or presenter of the word, but it, it it's a huge disservice to those that hear it. That's why, you know what, honestly, the, the further I go along in this whole unchurched concept that we've got going on, the more I'm appreciating the people that I didn't appreciate when I was part of church. Yes. You know, so like... Like, forever, I didn't appreciate Joel Olstein. I just thought that he was just like this feel-good so-and-so guy. But when I look at him compared to, like, Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Or, or Creflo Dollar, or whatever the case may be. I look at this guy, I look at Joel Olstein. I'm like, you know what? This is a guy that didn't grow up in ministry. He wasn't a pastor at all. He was a pastor's kid who was the head of the sound department. And when his dad died, his dad left him the church. He grew up from a thousand members or whatever, several hundred members he had to buying the super dome that, <laughs> you know, was a, a foot, a football stadium. It's got five ATMs in it. into a church. <laughs> Seriously though. But you know, a guy like him, he's got, he's got a perspective as a non-pastor, and I, I honestly, I consider him to be a non-pastor pastor. I, I guess what I mean by that is he didn't grow up in ministry preaching and didn't go to school for ministry or something like that. Like, the dude is a sound guy. He was a sound guy. Like, he he, he ran a switchboard. I, I, I don't mean to dumb it down and make it sound like it's nothing, because it is a skill to run a soundboard for a, a church. Just like it is to put music together, like T-Pain, right? Yeah, but you're not that's asking what Joel, that guy to fly a plane tomorrow. I know, but that that's exactly what Joel Osteen ran into, right? He was a soundboard guy whose father was the pastor. His father died and left him the church, and he had to leave the soundboard and preach his first message. <laughs> that's you know what I'm saying that's a guy that when you strip away all that he's built and just take him back to his beginning it's like you know what I can appreciate his beginning um, in light of what he's become and I don't necessarily agree with everything that he's that he teaches or that he does today I don't I don't agree with it um but I can appreciate where he came from. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, I don't know. Well, we were 
talking about people tickling ears and not talking to scripture as how it was meant to be interpreted. Right, right. Thank you. So, so a guy like Joel Olstein, I look at him and I say, this guy is taking pieces of scripture at a time and his whole goal, I really believe that his whole goal and his whole heart behind it is to make it applicable for the everyday person today. That's what I really believe. I don't necessarily believe that he's right in everything that he's saying and that he's accurate with the scripture that he's interpreting most of the time. But I still believe that his intent and his heart is to make it applicable. Like he gets up there before he preaches and he's, this is my Bible. I believe what it says. <laughs> I believe I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. My heart is ready to receive the word today. It sounds just you like know, I mean, Yeah, I mean, that, that his, I may not be saying the right words, but the intent behind his little speech before, you know, his little thing that he has everybody recite before he preaches, I really believe that. I don't, there's a sense of purity behind a guy like that and what he's doing. There's a sense of purity there. It may not be 100% pure. I don't know. I'm not God. I can't judge. But just from my vantage point, I feel like there's a sense of purity there um, and that he is really trying to make the scripture that's thousands of years old applicable for a person today. And it's not just like, give me your money. I'm, you know, I, I, I want to live wealthily. And, and, and even though I say that, I, I know he's the wealthiest pastor in America, right? <laughs> he makes a whole lot more money than Kenneth Copeland does. He just doesn't have planes. Right. And, um, and he hasn't been caught on camera talking about he needs a sixteenth plane so that he doesn't have to fly with a tube, a tube full of demons, if you will. Um, he's a decent guy, and I like him. I don't agree with everything, but I like him. Just for that point, he's making it plain for the average person who, you know, isn't studying the scripture for themselves, but really still need to hear something applicable to their everyday life. I think he does that. And I think that that really is the job of the church, or at least people that would consider themselves to be pastors or leaders in Christianity. They should be doing their best to make Christianity applicable for everyday life. So, because Christianity doesn't just exist on a Sunday morning. Right, we gotta live this shit out every single day, as easy or as hard as it may be. So, yeah. Well, if I could just wrap this up real quick, <clears throat> yes, sir. And let me see if I can do this. Go for it. T Pain and 
Joel Osteen are one and the same in that they take the feel good and the what's already been done and they make it digestible to the masses. And then you have people who want real and authentic. And I am a real authentic uh, person who wants the authenticity of the natural. (laughs) (laughs) Does Does any of that make sense? My last note in the notes. Joel Osteen and T-Pain are the same in some respects. Question. They are. Sean explains. Dot, dot, dot. Kinda. Here's here's my point. Here's your point. Based on what you just said, too. He he Mm. takes the scripture and puts it in a way, he being Joel Osteen, so that people can digest the big scheme. Right? The grand scheme of things. Uh, and it's it's okay. not uh, completely disgusting. It's enjoyable. We want to hear it. We like sure. to hear positive things. We love to hear that God wants you to be prosperous and have money and boats my ear, and my, fucking yeah. whatever sure. you want. Because that's what we all want to hear. He's a genie in a bottle. Just like My ears are itching. T Pain produces music that, mm. you know, it may be synth- synthesized. <clears throat> it may be whatever, auto tuned and all this, but at the end of the day, it's entertainment, right? Mm. Yes, sure. That's my point. Yeah, T.I., loud and clear. Joel Osteen are entertainers. And that's why the mass of people gravitate to them. Because it's enjoyable. It's what you want to hear. Sure. You don't want to hear, hey. Death. Jesus died for you. So you have death to now bear your own cross and deny yourself. Death. death. Yes. Preach, people preach. People don't want to hear that shit. They no, want to hear the fucking, it, I'm going to have a boat. I'm going to have a yacht. Uh-huh. I'm going to be making uh-huh. six digits. Jesus wants uh-huh. me to prosper and be rich. Yep. Oof. Amen, brother. Bring it on. I will tithe my money yes. to your ass, motherfucker. But at the end yeah. of the day, Jesus never said any of that fucking bullshit because that's what it is. No. Yep. If the road Death. is narrow and not many people take it, yep. Joel Osteen will never be my pastor. I agree 100%. And that's, that's not a knock on Joel Osteen. I am not the judge and nope. jury. God is nope. the judge and jury. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. A lot of what's preached doesn't line up to his... Death. Uh, his word. His being God. Death. Death. So Yes. I agree 100%, dude. It is a hard pill to swallow. T.I. or T-Pain could put out a hit that sells millions, but at the end of the day, I don't think he's a musician, man. And I wouldn't buy his shit if it was him not auto-tuned and processed and covered up by all the technology shit. But you put in front of me Mm -hmm. a guy who just fucking 
in the moment with an acoustic guitar can impress you with his vocal cords and his talent that he's actually playing, Stapleton. I will take that every day. I agree 100%. I don't give a shit about your auto-tune. And yeah, it's entertaining. I'll watch it. I'll listen to it. I'll tell people about it. But yeah. I want authentic. I want real. I want the raw. And not everyone wants I, that. I understand that. but I agree. You and I are both the same in that respect. That's why I like Andrew Murray. The dude died in the 1800s. The closest modern day Paul there is that I could find. His book, Humility, I read every single year. And it just makes me feel like shit. (laughs) And I appreciate it so much. Because he just talks about the fact that the more you have of yourself, the less you have of God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no one wants to hear the that. The more you, nobody wants to hear that. I want to hear it. I miss it. And every time I read this book, it's life to me all over again. And it's like every humiliation, every betrayal, every heartbreak, every pain, every hurt, everything, all of it is used. For more grace, for humility. The more you are debased, the more you are shamed and humiliated and cast down, the less you have of yourself, the more you can have of Christ. That's why Paul said, to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's what Paul said. Yep. To me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And I swear to God that if your gospel doesn't contain that message, then it is not the gospel. We gotta end on that, bro. There ain't nothing else to say. (laughs) You can check us out at unchurchpodcast.show and email us at info at unchurchpodcast.show of course, our Instagram and Twitter is the same as always, at UnchurchedPod. And more than anything, we appreciate your attention. And uh, we hope that these quarantine updates, though this is like a Sunday episode, given the length. It's like five and one. Seriously. <laughs> You're welcome. We're still going to drop this. We're still going to drop this as a quarantine update. Because... Hell Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's value to us, and we hope that it brings value to you. So, uh, thanks for listening. We love you a long time. So long, we love you. Peace. Peace.